This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Welcome again to another episode of LifeWords Q&A. Great to be with you. Hope you've been enjoying our uh, weekly discussions about life and faith, how it relates to uh, living the Christian life and uh, how it relates to to relating to God as well. It's always great having your company. And ahead of us, three questions. We'll be looking at uh, discovering your spiritual gift. We'll also be looking at you know raising children the right way. Will that guarantee great children or great adults? And also gambling. Is any gambling wrong? David, welcome to another episode of Q&A. Thanks, Andrew. Okay, let's get stuck into it. Three questions, 15 minutes. And uh, our first question is asking, uh, David, my, my church is urging me to discover my spiritual gift. How do I do that? I've probably got a different idea. I feel it might be a bit awkward um, talking to this question about this because they, uh, I might be speaking against what the church is trying to do, which I don't want to. But look, my understanding is a bit different about all this. I don't like the idea of someone trying to discover their spiritual gift. I'll qualify that a, a, a bit later in a minute. But I think gifts are abilities given by God so as to best serve him and others. But I don't think we possess those gifts. I think we're given them as and when needed. I may have one gift on Monday morning and another gift on Wednesday night. I hope on Sunday morning when I preach I've got a gift of teaching. I don't think come Monday afternoon I necessarily have that gift. Uh, they're grace gifts. They're given as a result of God's grace. So I, I just don't like the idea of saying, oh, here's my gift, I've got it. I think gifts are a little bit more sort of spirit-inspired than that. You get one, I might have a gift of teaching on Sunday morning and a gift of helps on Monday afternoon and a gift of mercy on Thursday and a gift of administration on Friday night or something. So in other words, I can they can float around us a bit. The other thing I want to say is that, that sometimes when you, you fill in the certain questionnaires that float around the church, and actually I've done some over the years, they list all these biblical gifts in the Bible, but the gift lists aren't exhaustive. Uh, Paul in no way is saying these are a total list of all the gifts you can have. He's just using them as illustrations of a point that we all need one another and we, we can all serve one another in the church. So it's a bit misleading to do questionnaires which try to fit us into those descriptions. Because I, I've sat down with some people and some people have said to me, now David, have you got a gift of teaching or exhortation? Hmm, let's think about that. And the point is, I don't know. No one actually in the Bible defines, though the Bible itself does not define what these gifts are. Paul mentions them. Yeah, can uh, I, can I, it's just, if you're, if you're wondering what we're talking about, uh, I think, uh, I just see, I see in Romans 12, 6 yep. to 8, they mention prophecy, yep. serving, teaching, yep. exhortation, giving yep. leadership and mercy. And then in Corinthians, yep. they talk about words of wisdom, words yep. of knowledge, faith yep. gifts of yep. healing, yes. and yes. prophecy and distinguishing between spirits and tongues, interpretation yep. and stuff. Yep. Yep. So that, that, that's what we're talking about. That's the about. sort of thing. And, and there's a little bit more in Ephesians 4, which is more to do with people exercising gifts. But yeah, look, that's, that's what we're talking about, these lists. But as I say, the point is, number one, they're not exhaustive because there's nothing there about the gift of music for example. Um, so I'm saying to my music leaders in church, I'm sorry, you haven't got any such gift. You know, yeah. uh, that's silly. And also, as I say, ambiguous. I mean, honestly, uh, many of us who've studied that and done exegesis of these texts still are not quite clear on what prophecy might mean, on what words of wisdom might need, on what helps and administration, which is uh, administration-leadership, they're the same term, what they mean. So it's a bit, I think it's a bit futile to sort of have this 
questionnaire in front of you and saying, hmm, uh, do I have the gift of this or a gift of that? I, I think gifts are simply given by God, their abilities given by God to serve him and others when and as required. And I think you can be given a gift or ability that does not figure in the Bible. So I don't like the idea of fitting everything into that gift list. However, the important qualification is that I think with these questionnaires and other sort of things which maybe the questioners church is on about, it's good to discover what your ministry might be. And there's a difference. You see, talking about myself, I think I have over the years a ministry of teaching. Okay. I, I haven't got a ministry of um, helps or prophecy or anything like that or of healing. But that doesn't mean to say I cannot do those things. Mm. It just means the ministry is where God regularly equips you with a gift so that it channels you into a certain mode of ministry in the church and in the world. And I think that's where it's very important. So if this question is saying my church is urging me to discover what ministry I have, I think that's very good. Because what you then do is to say, well, hmm, um, uh, um, look look at your background, look at your passions, look at your interests, the needs of others in the church. Um, What might be your regular ongoing ministry? So my regular ongoing ministry might be teaching, but from time to time I will have a gift of leadership, I will have a gift of prophecy, I will have a gift of healing. It's not much point, you see, Andrew, for example, if if someone comes to you and says, look, I'm in desperate need of some practical help, and you're saying, I'm sorry, I haven't got the gift of helps. That's silly. First of all, we don't know what the gift of helps is. But the point is, if Monday afternoon someone comes to me needing practical help, well, all the Bible seems to be saying is God will equip me to provide whatever help is necessary. But someone working in the front line of Mission Australia or the Salvation Army might well have a ministry of helps. They're out there in the front line doing it all the time. So my point to this questioner is, look, check out your ministry. Just accept the fact that God can give you any gift you like, but maybe your church is trying to discover where your ongoing gifting is, and that's a good thing to do. Uh, In that case, I think don't so much look at the gift list in the Bible, but yeah, look at your background, your passions, your interests. Mm. What I would want to say to people in the church and what I have done in churches that I've pastored is what lights your fire? What gets you up in the morning? And some people might say, I love ministering to older people. Well, great, I'm not going to look at the gift list and say, Ooh, where do you fit in? I'm going to say, let's do it. Go go for it. That's your ministry. Uh, and, and I think that's what I would urge the questioner to do, to look at your background, your passions, your interests, the needs of others, the needs of the church, get input from other people, because there's not much point someone saying to me, as others have said to me over the years, David, I've got the gift of teaching. Put me on the preaching roster. Well, hang on. Some other people have got to affirm that gift. So yeah. try to do all that, accepting the fact that God will give you any gift as and when required, but you will probably find, consistent with your personality, background, passions, interests, and so on, that he will probably put you in certain ministry areas, and that's important to discover. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A. If you want to subscribe to David Ray's uh, daily devotional email, it's called LifeWords. It goes out Monday to Fridays. Uh, early in the morning. You can start the day off reading that. Great way to do it. You can subscribe at hope1032.com.au and uh, also you can listen to previous uh, podcasts of Q&A there as well. David, our second question, this uh, is, uh, we're being asked, isn't there somewhere in the Bible which says if we raise our children the right way, 
they'll stay on track. How come some children from Christian homes go off the rails? Yeah, good question. If only we knew. Um, the writer is referring to, a, there's a text in, I think it's Proverbs 22, 6, which says, uh, train up a child in the way they should go and afterwards they will not depart from it or something like that. Now, you might say, well, do we take it literally? Answer, no. And that's that sounds very crude and, my gosh, has he given up on the Bible? No. But let me just say this. The nature of the of the book of Proverbs is it sets out certain general principles. For example, it says the good prosper and the wicked suffer. No, they don't. Sometimes yeah. the good don't prosper. Sometimes the wicked don't suffer. Hard work is rewarded. No, sadly, not all the time. You can work for a, an employer and they don't appreciate you and you're not rewarded. Um, soothing words ease conflict. Yeah, they should, but sometimes they don't. So in other words, a proverb writer is saying these are general principles and it is important um, that, that we observe the general principle of Proverbs 22 because the general principle is that if you do the right things by your kids... Hopefully, those kids will grow up to be pretty good kids. And if you don't really do and anything for them, well, you... Exactly. They, they, they may well turn out to be wrong. But, but that might be a very general principle. Yeah. Uh, you raise your children in the right way, because m m many times we might say of, you know, adult children, dear me, they're a credit to their parents or something like that, or sadly, very troubled people, and we say, well, just look at their parents. You know, yep. what a terrible home environment they grew up in. So there is a general principle there. But... Taking it literally or forcing it literally means loading guilt onto lots of parents. There's so, it's countless number of parents I know, Andrew, who, who have been good, godly, devout Christian parents whose kids are just way away from Jesus. Uh, and, and, and to load, to put, quote, Proverbs 22.6 at them might be to say, well, hang on, uh, where have we gone wrong? But I know many, many families where they've raised, say, um, um, three or four children um, Two of them are going powering on in the Lord, and the other one's gone right off. Now, how do you figure that one out? The parenting's much the same. The home environment's much the same. So how come one person turns out well and another person doesn't turn out well? So if you push it literally, I think you're going to have problems because it, it loads guilt onto parents. I've talked to many parents who say, what did I do wrong that my child has gone wrong? Well, maybe they have done something wrong. Maybe they've been negligent. But there's many times that I can see in, from experience where nothing's gone wrong at all. Even with wise parenting, things can go wrong. And the reason for that is that children have their own will and destiny. They certainly do. Yeah, and they'll meet God in their right time. They meet God in their right time, and God will have to meet them at their right time too. Because, you see, the, the, the irony of parental love is that it's, it's parental love is love which sets free. It's like God's love for us. God loves us and, as it were, sets us free. He doesn't say, I love you, therefore you, you will obey me, you will do this. He wants you to do that, but he's not going to force you. You see, I can't force my child to choose good. I can't force my faith on my child. Sadly, some Christians try that, and I think it becomes counterproductive after a while. Yep. Uh, you can't do that. You can't blame yourself because your child might have gone off the rails. But to be fair, yes, in, in the principle of the book of Proverbs, you've got to examine your parenting, and maybe you do have to repent of some inadequate parenting. But no one's perfect as a parent. So I would hope that Christian parents generally would be trying to do their best and you would hope that in general, your children, even if they embrace Christ or not, will turn out to be good and decent citizens. 
Um, but then again, uh, you can't push it literally because I know there's some beautiful, beautiful people in the world who serve Christ wonderfully who grow up in toxic environments. So Proverbs is setting out a general principle to which there are always exceptions because children will have to embrace a faith for themselves. And this is what makes it so difficult. I hear parents sometimes saying, I'm praying for my child and I know that they will turn out the way I want them to. And I have to say, well, no, you can't guarantee that. You should be praying for your child and your prayers for your child and your nurture of them give them a pretty good chance of turning out well. But your child can always turn against you because God gives them the freedom to do that and you also need to give them the freedom to do that. Very painful, very ambiguous, but I think that's the world we live in. Yeah, I I would have to say that, um, yeah, what you said about praying for your kids, keep doing that. And I think, you know, God loves your kids so much and uh, I think there'll be times in their life, wherever they are, that God will come across them and challenge them and, 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 and just be yep. let God deal with your kids. He won't give up on them, that's no. for sure, and nor should we. But, uh, again, they have their own relationship with God to sort out. Parents have done so much for their children, but after a while have got to just let them go and, and endure this sometimes terribly painful sort of love which says, I love you, but I can't force you to be the person I'd love you to be. Yep. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A. David, our final question um, seems like a straightforward kind of question, but, well, is it? Uh, is any sort of gambling wrong? Some Christians tell me I shouldn't buy raffle tickets. What do you think? Yeah, I think no question's really straightforward, is it, <laughs> in these podcasts? Um, I think we need to use a bit of common sense. And let, let me just state my own case. I have no great problem with raffles. If someone comes up, a kid from the local school comes up and says, can you please please buy a raffle ticket and you're going to end up winning a box of Kit Kats or something because uh, it'll help our local school. Oh, really? I don't have a problem with that. You, some people say, oh, it's a game of chance. But I don't think there seems to be even much biblical teaching about that. What's wrong with winning a prize? Um, I once, I've only won, ever won one prize. I mean, it was again for our local school that the kids were going to. And Andrew, the only prize I've ever won a raffle was actually a Playboy bunny cake. Yes, I, I was nice. actually told by the school committee, David, you have won our raffle. And I thought, oh, beauty, I wonder what it is, you know, new car. A trip to the Barrier Reef or something? No, a Playboy bunny cake. So it was, from what I remember, it was a it was a very nice cake. Um, yeah. And 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 there's another famous example: Australian novelist Patrick White, who turned very severely against the church. And in his memoirs, apparently, he said uh, he turned against the church finally because, as a younger man, he was told by his rector of the Anglican church he went to that uh, he was at a church fair, and the rector told him that it was sinful to. Um, tried to guess the number of jelly beans in a jar. And for Patrick White, probably a lot of other things were happening in his life, but for Patrick White, he thought, well, if that's what Christian faith and morality is about, forget it. Sinful to guess the number of jelly beans in a jar. So I think, and I also know of one case where a Christian friend of mine in a church did win, oh, I think I'm in a car, in a raffle, a big, big, big raffle. And that person's minister said, oh, you've got to give it back. It was run as a result of gambling. Now, I think here is where we've got to apply a bit of common sense. Um, I think the real problem lies elsewhere, not in buying a raffle ticket and winning a prize or something. I'm utterly opposed to gambling when it involves using someone's money to get more, to, to, to my money to get more money for one's own purposes. So raffles at least benefit someone, you know, but, but, um, you know, but, but, but sitting there in front of a poker machine in a club 
pouring all your money into um, a futile attempt to win, which you know you never will, um, uh, and, and also risking addiction, that's a totally different matter. And I, I'm a little bit concerned that sometimes it's it, that we apply a simplistic ethic here that because um, putting all your savings into the pokies in order to greedily try to accumulate more uh, is not only futile and foolish, but it's an ex- exhibition of greed that is not right. But to compare that with buying a raffle ticket uh, for your local school or the Boy Scouts or something, I think that is where I think our ethics gets a bit um, twisted. The essential issue with gambling is not so much, I think, the chance and luck issue, but I think the greed and misuse of money issue. I don't think buying a raffle ticket is, is, is greed. Uh, when I buy a raffle ticket, I'm not thinking, oh, beauty, hope I win a Playboy bunny cake or something. I'm not doing that. I'm just thinking, well, it's a way of helping the, the people. If if I'm greedily, mis- greedily greedy for more and misusing and spending money, which I, I could be better used somewhere else, then that to me is a huge problem. And, and in saying what I do about the triviality, I believe, of buying raffle tickets does not mean that I think... Um, uh, gambling is not a massive issue in our society it's a huge issue uh, but I just don't really want to trivialise it by sort of equating um, uh, blowing your, your housekeeping money in poker machines and enriching the profits of multinationals and so on as a result uh, with buying the occasional raffle ticket um, the sheer boring futility of spending hours Pressing buttons on a on a machine that's hoping, been designed to yeah, make to, to make, take your money basically to make take, and that's right all this I think that is dreadful it's mind numbing it's it's not what God wants for us but oh please let's not be these legalistic Christians who then sort of purse their lips and frown at someone who you know uh, um, wins a wins a, 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 um, a food hamper as a result of going in a local raffle that I don't believe really is the same as the other sort of gambling uh, yes you are as some people say to me oh well you're getting something for nothing well of course you're getting something for nothing I, I mean I mean uh, you know that you haven't earned but any gift I receive hasn't been earned. I think we push things a little bit too far. But having said that, final word is if you feel in your conscience that you should not buy raffle tickets, don't buy raffle tickets. But please don't load other Christians with your own conscious decision because it's perfectly proper for, for people, I think, to, to, to do such things. Um, and if, if you win, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, David Ray, and uh, we'll speak to you next time. You've been listening to LifeWords Q&A. If you'd like to listen to uh, other episodes, hop online at hope1032.com.au. Otherwise, um, search Hope Media LifeWords Q&A uh, on iTunes, and you'll find heaps of eff- episodes there. Um, also, you could subscribe to LifeWords Daily Devotional, which is a daily email Monday to Friday. arrives in your inbox sometime early in the a.m. You can read it before brekkie or before work and be inspired and uh, sent to your life that day. And uh, you can subscribe at hope1032.com.au. Till next time, catch you later. Thanks for listening. Start your day with LifeWords. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.